Please stand for the reading of God's word. Today I'll be reading from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time, it speaks to the end, and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Rick. May be seated. So uh, just, a, just a couple of words about Be Christmas and the Giving Tree. Uh, you know, t- take an opportunity to fight against the, the, uh, the consumerism of our culture. Take the opportunity to, to step in and say, you know what, I, I, I don't have to live within this, within this uh, shroud that Black Friday tends to throw at me everywhere I go, um, but that I can actually uh, give something away and still, uh, and, and probably be even better uh, as an individual uh, than the constant getting that our world lives into. So just want to encourage you in that way to be generous but actually to be uh, healthy spiritually, uh, to grow in some areas that, uh, that maybe, maybe we need to grow in, maybe you need to grow in. Well, uh, what do you do when you find yourself hitting a spiritual wall? When, when, with everything in you, you want to believe in the goodness of God, but with what you see with your eyes is different than what you want to believe in your heart. What do you do when you find yourself wrestling with doubts? What, what, when you always, what you thought was always true, you're just not quite sure it's true. What do you do when you want to believe that God is good, but really, life is not at the moment? This is what we have been talking about and we'll be talking about for a, another week. Habakkuk is one of those raw manuscripts uh, of, in God's word. Last week we were in chapter one and can I just tell you, it was a privilege to uh, walk and pray with a few of you last week who's uh, just, it hit, it struck a chord with you. And I think it struck a chord because oftentimes from this platform, whether it's here or other places, it's, it's more of a self-help type of diagnosis that you're often given, not this reality and grittiness that often is of, of our life. And that's kind of hard to take too, especially when you're used to kind of the good feeling type of messages that you leave with, but you're left more with this kind of like, okay, he, he spoke to it, scripture spoke to it, but I'm not sure always what to do with it. And that's where Habakkuk is beautiful because we don't always know what to do with it. We don't always know where to go. There are no quick conclusions to the questions and the quandaries that we find ourselves in and nor for Habakkuk. And while that may seem raw 
there's a beauty to that. There is a true beauty to that. Well, uh, Welcome to Ipsy Free, where we love God, love all people, and follow Jesus together, and we, we're here to make you feel good about yourself. Okay, that was a joke. All right, man, you guys are, like, you guys are way intense. So we're in chapter two of Habakkuk today. Last week, uh, you know, we, we talked about with the fact that we don't want you to walk away from God. This week, we don't want you to quit on God. We don't want you to quit on God. Last week, we wondered aloud, where are you? Uh, this week is really more about when, when, uh, you know, the idea that we have been in the waiting room for a minute now and we're continuing to wait and it's difficult. It is just truly difficult. Just a reminder, uh, Habakkuk is a minor prophet. He lived and wrote and prophesied about 600 years before the birth of Jesus most prophets uh, would speak on behalf of God, but as we learned last week and as a reminder, he's not speaking on behalf of God. He's actually speaking to God on behalf of the people, and he brings to God what they are feeling as a community, community if you will, as a nation, that this isn't fair. You know, you're, you're a just God, but... Where are you and when are you going to arrive? When are you going to show up? Why aren't you doing what we think you should do? His people, Habakkuk's people, the, uh, the people of Judah, at one time they were blessed and prosperous, but now there was a tremendous corruption and they're suffering greatly. And, and the corruption was internal, by the way. Uh, they, they lost their focus on Yahweh. And so Habakkuk cries out, God deliver us. And God says, okay, as a reminder again, I'm about to do something you're not going to believe. And as we would anticipate with the, uh, if we're like given, hey, I have a special announcement for you that something good's going to come after that. Um, he says, well, uh, that's not going to be the case. Because in my economy, in my kingdom, there is more to be done with y'all than what you think. There's more uh, purification that needs to happen. And so I'm going to send people on you that are worse than you are, the Babylonians. And they're going to issue judgment on my behalf. That's what you won't believe because you don't believe you're that bad. You don't believe that you deserve. And so Habakkuk goes, really, Lord? And so we're in chapter 2, and, and chapter 2 ushers this, this collective lesson or this collective word, like, you know, about waiting. And... God, when are your promises going to come true? So, like many of you, you're waiting for something. You have been praying for something for years. Or maybe it's just a few short months. But it feels like years. I, too, I'm, I'm praying for, for Brenda, not her real name, whose marriage is on the rocks. 
a follower who has made some really bad decisions, but I am praying that she aligns herself to the righteous one. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a, a dear sister whose diagnosis is of no substance, it seems. And it just continues to perpetuate unhealth after unhealth after unhealth after unhealth. And this is physical, by the way, with no real diagnosis. I'm waiting on behalf of families who are on my list, which are filled with brokenness and this collective dysfunction by their own admission which is tearing the very fiber of what they know to believe is the right and good things and what God desires for them in their families, in their marriages, and in their own personal lives. You see, I think we're all waiting, and we're all pleading, and we're all desirous. And so we ask the question, where are you, God? But then we go, he goes, wait, just wait. Habakkuk gives us directions, a a guideline, I think, of what to do while we're in this spot because we want to know what to do, don't we? In fact, because we're uh, more Western in our ways of doing things, we want to be about doing something always, filling the void that we waiting creates, doesn't it? Right? So what does Habakkuk do? He listens to God. He listens to God. So we too who are waiting will listen to God. The temptation is to go for a long walk away from him because we're in the waiting room. We have many doubts, but but because we're followers and because we're in community and because we share, we are going to wait and we wait with one another. Listen to verse, listen to the verse one in chapter two. I will stand at my watch at my station. I will station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he says to me. I'm, I'm listening. There's nowhere for me to go. If you've ever been at the top of a, uh, of a ring, which I've never have, of, of a city, that's what he's talking about, there's nowhere to go. I mean, the space may be 10 feet wide, but you're not going anywhere. You're just going to continue to look, and you're going to continue to listen, and you're going to continue to wait. You may walk a circle, but that's about it. And so we will find... As followers of Jesus, will we find ourselves looking and listening for the Holy Spirit to speak to us? We want God to tell us what to do in each one of the situations because you, like me, have found that when we put our energy, when we put our desires, when we put our flesh into the situation, it goes sideways, if not totally backward. We create more harm than help. So we fill in the blanks, God, God, what, what am I supposed to do with, and it may be a person, or how should I pray, or how is this going to come about, and we wait, but we wait actively, we wait actively, we, we want God to speak to us, and we know that God can speak in any way he chooses, I mean, he, he spoke through Balaam's ass, 
that was intentional to get your attention, (laughs) not to swear from the pulpit. But he did. So we know without a doubt, this is the point, he can speak in any way he wants, but yet we have ways that we need to park ourselves in order for him to speak to us. And we may be not so much eager to do that. I mean, I'm not looking for hands raised, but if you're waiting, have you been in his word lately? Are you in his word continually? Psalm 1 says, he says, it's, it's clear that those who, who hunger to, for God's holiness and his living will be consumed by his word. They'll meditate on it day and night. They'll be consumed by his word. But when we find ourselves clicking the remote over praying the Psalms, and when we say we're waiting for Jesus to give us an answer, we're waiting for God to give us an answer, are we? Now, I'm not against watching something. But what I'm saying is, are we filling our time with things of places where is not, as somebody said to me just this morning, that may not be as healthy as other places. Uh, God speaks through his spirit. While maybe you nor I have not heard him audibly, he speaks into our minds. Let me just explain how he does this. And it's not, it's not complicated. It's not difficult. Do you, have you ever had an idea come into your head? Let me just ask you, why wouldn't God do the very same thing? But you realize, oh, that's not what I would do. The idea comes to your head, but you're like, you have this instant hesitation, not because it's evil, but because it's like, oh, it puts you out there. It makes you vulnerable. Some of you are getting them right now. You're like, "Uh oh, no, right? God speaks in those ways. He speaks in the same way that our You know, he just speaks into us all the time, I think, and we get these ideas, and we go, well, I'm too busy. I've got some other things to do. Or, or, no, no, you know, I have to go fix this thing instead of sitting and waiting. I mean, we are so actively bound to things, we're not used to sitting and listening and waiting and, and then responding to the Holy Spirit, only responding to our flesh, which we think, we think relieves that, that tension he, he speaks through people as much as we may not like that. He speaks through people. He can speak through circumstances. Um, all of us have key habits uh, in our lives. There, I, I, I think we do anyway. Um, research kind of points to that, that we have these key habits that we do, and when we do those things, things, other things kind of break through and break in to inform some areas that we're thinking about and working through. And that happened to me this week on a couple of different things. It had, it had nothing to do with what I was, I'm waiting on, but it spoke volumes. It was far apart, if you will. They aren't usually far apart. Had to do with something with, in my exercise regimen that I do, and it spoke to something spiritually. See what I'm saying? He speaks in circumstances. He can speak through a song. Uh, by the way, I didn't know what I was going to pray before I was listening to the song. I just asked the Spirit. 
I ask the Spirit to lead us in that process of, of praying. Now, I think you can have written prayers, and I believe in them, but the Spirit speaks, and he's active, and he knows he knew you, and he knows what he wants to speak to you. So I believe that even coming, going back to the prayer, I believe that landed somewhere with somebody. There are numerous ways that God speaks, and the list goes on and on, but we must place ourselves in a posture, our heart, mind, and soul to listen, not to be distracted. Can I, can I just tell you, uh, yesterday, I've never been to a bar mitzvah before, but yesterday I had the opportunity to go to a bar mitzvah. It was a beautiful thing. We need, a, we need rites of passages for young men. Young men are, anyway, in our culture, are being emasculated in many ways. I, okay, I said that out loud, didn't I? I believe it, um, but we could have a longer conversation. But it was a beautiful service. But th- you know what the rabbi did uh, before we even started the service? He said, uh, he said, everybody take out your cell phone, turn it off. Turn it off. And he, he wasn't mean. He's like, he goes, yeah, I see the faces. I said, he said, but even if you're not, and I thought this was kind of cool, uh, even if you're not religious, we all want a spiritual experience, and the only way we're going to get a spiritual experience is if we're focused in the moment we're in. Wow. Mind-boggling, isn't it? So maybe you need to reach down and shut your phone off. It's okay. Um, it, it had nothing to, and I believe that the rabbi wasn't saying anything about himself. He was saying everything about Yahweh. That he has the ability, and I believe that to be the case, has the ability to speak when we're not distracted. And I thought, oh, that's a, thank you. I need an illustration for you tomorrow. So I had one. (laughs) This is the caution, though, right? When we hear God speak, we don't often like what he might say. And this is what happened to Habakkuk. He pleads with him in chapter 1, hey, Lord, listen to to our cry. And um, the Lord tells him what he doesn't want to hear, that he's going to raise up an army to bring judgment on the people. And I'm sure that Habakkuk, in his, in his mind, in his heart, and maybe in, these, in, his, in his prayers, were like, I didn't ask you for that. That's not what I wanted to hear. It's like when, we're, when the doctor told me to wait in the lobby until he was through with his morning regimen of patience because he had something he needed to talk to me about. And I waited with a pretty good inclination of where it was going, but, uh, and then he tells me I need to have surgery for cancer. That's not what you want to hear, but it's the truth. And it needed to be dealt with, still needs to be dealt with. Paul, uh, the guy who had a dramatic encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, through this encounter, Paul uh, turned his back on his past and had a new future. God gave him life, life to the full. And this is the incredible thing. He, we read about this in 2 Corinthians 12. He gets later in his life, and, or uh, later in the process, and he had this thorn in the flesh, and it wasn't like Ferdinand the bull. Anybody remember that story? That's what came to mind this week when I was like, oh, Ferdinand. You know, just pull the, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't this, it, 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 you know, this thorn that everybody has a theory about uh, it was symbolic for something that was continually present in his life. 
And Paul asks, he says, in order to keep, he knows why the Lord gave it, but in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. This three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, and for my power is made perfect in weakness. Do you think that's what Paul really wanted to hear? I mean, it's a great word, and one we kind of lean into, and we're going to continue to lean into it, because that's where some of us are going to be. That's where some of our lives are going to be, with the diagnosis, with, the, with what's transpired, whatever is happening in our life, that his grace is sufficient for us. But I'm sure that Paul was like, just, you know what, I, I can move a lot quicker, I can do a lot of things faster, whatever, whatever the thorn was, and we all have our theories, I could do it better, but... But he didn't. He didn't take it away. I mean, this is the Paul. I mean, if, if you want to compare notes, how many of us have been beaten, left for dead, shipwrecked, snake-bitten, stoned with rocks, and he's pleading, Lord, just take this away. If you want to play comparison, it's dangerous. He said, no, I'm going to give you my grace, which is all sufficient for you. Secondly, we're going to write it down. So if you're going to listen to God, you need to write it down. Uh, We place ourselves before God to listen to God, and what we need to do next is then uh, take a a legal pad out or a notebook or a journal and write it down. And even if we're not journalers, chapter 2 of Habakkuk, verse 2, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Now, it wasn't just for Habakkuk, it was for others. We do know that, but this is the point. Document it, record it, write it down. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Because, one, we have a spiritual enemy who is on a mission to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, and he'll stop at nothing, nothing. He wants to take what God has given to you Satan wants to take, what, take from you what God has given to you. God will give you faith, will give you peace, and the enemy wants to snatch it away. For some of you, it was just last week. You heard from the Lord, and you, you heard him speak, but you walked through the doors, you had a couple of conversations, then you got in your car and you got home and it dissipated like a fog. It dissipated like a fog because we don't take the time to seed it in ourselves. Write it down, consider it, meditate on it because we're not so understanding of the enemy's continual and perpetual ways to take us out and take us down. So don't let your enemy take it from you. We're like Paul and Silas in prison. Long before the shackles come free, we're praising God in advance before we see the miracle. We're thanking him for his goodness. So when when you write it down, when you have it, you can start to already lean into it. You can already say, it's coming. It's on the horizon. It's there, the, then the third action is difficult, and it is no fun. It is exactly the title of what we've been talking about. You listen, you write, and then you wait. Then you wait. Wondering, 
Where he is is no fun. Waiting is uh, arduous, to say the least. You wait, and you wait, and in some cases you wait, and wait, and wait, and wait, and wait. Yet we know that God is faithful. And some of you are waiting. You're waiting, asking the question, well, my, my son or daughter ever come back to Jesus? You're waiting and praying, and you don't see anything. In fact, what you see is just the opposite, or seemingly just the opposite. Is, ever, is God ever going to hear my heart cry and answer my plea? There are some of us in the Wednesday prayer that have joined together praying for uh, family members. And I'm so grateful that we, are, we continue to remind each other to pray for, not that we don't remember our family members who do not know Jesus, but it's hard to wait and continue to pray, even though we know he answers because of all that seeps in around it. You wait. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Certainly, it will certainly come and will not delay. Scripture is full of this, this terminology of appointed time or the fullness of time. So let's just say that together so we have it out loud and we can kind of let it seep in a little bit deeper. Appointed time, appointed time. Though it linger, wait for it. Though it linger, wait. I love how the living uh, Bible translates this verse, but these things I, I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, Surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. It seems slow. Do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Do we hear that? You see, God's timing is not our time. We, we remind ourselves of this verse, right? His ways are not our ways. His timing is not our timing. Yet we wrestle and we contend with that, rightly so, as Habakkuk has shown us, but it's never overdue. Never. At the appointed time, we are coming up on Christmas and we understand the fullness of time. The appointed time. That he will do what he has said he will do. I, I think there are a couple of phrases that may help us a little bit. Uh, or may not, I don't know. But we always, always, we always need to remember when it's God's time, you can't force it. You just can't force it. When it's, when it's not God's time, sorry, when it's not God's time. When it, is, when it is God's time, you can't stop it, though. I, I don't know if how many of you have read Max Lucado's. It's, it was written quite a few years ago, but he, little, he did a little uh, story about the potential uh, scenario behind in the spiritual realm behind the birth of Jesus. It is a great read. It's kind of like a Frank Preddy thing. Uh, and some of you are like, who's Frank Preddy? Uh, <laughs> I get that. 
but it's it, it it's it's a Daniel kind of reach back to this the fight that happens on the spiritual side that God is contending for us and with us and we just don't see it and yet we have to hang on we have to wait though it linger wait for it wait for it you're trying to hang on to your faith you're not seeing anything you're getting impatient you're starting to wonder you're wondering where are you God and you're in the waiting you're in the waiting can I just encourage one more thing that it's very difficult when you're waiting because you can't wait alone it may be yours to wait on but you don't have to wait alone I love Ipsy Free, the Ipsy Free family. Um, when somebody's, pandemic has done a little bit, but it's starting to see a revision of it. But when somebody is going to the hospital to have surgery, it is a, it's really kind of cool how people just show up and wait. Wait with the individual who's going in for surgery, and then they wait for somebody afterwards to come out. It's just one of those symbolic ways that we can we can act like Jesus, but he calls us into that with one another. I, I also want to remind, remind you that God's delays are not his denials. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It, though it linger, wait for it. God's appointed time will come to pass. Verse 4 uh, by many theologians say is the most important verse. Uh, in in uh, this section of scripture. You know, the, the Babylonians are bad. When are they going to get their due? You know? And God says, I'm going to get them. But it's in my time. So you have Packet 2 4 says, See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will be, live by faithfulness. Scripture's says this over and over again, and we see stories of this over and over again. The righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. We do not walk by sight or taste or touch, but we walk by faith. It's not getting what we, des- what we want or getting our desired outcomes It is based on the character of who God is. And that takes a little bit of work to get to that bedrock foundation of our faith, to move past what we have come to feel is good and right, to move towards the bedrock of what we know is right and who is right, because it no longer is about situations. It's about who he is as God and Yahweh. This is how we're able to live by faith. That's how Hebrews 11 comes to pass. How would, how would you be like Abraham? It's like, take your son, your only son, that we're going we're gonna to build a nation, you know, and, and that we're going to build the nation of Israel through to sacrifice. How do you do that without having this this bedrock knowledge of who God is, his character, not what he does for you, not what he gives to you, but who he is 
that he is trustworthy and faithful in all things. How? It's by waiting. It's by waiting. Listening, writing down, and waiting. Habakkuk gets to this point in chapter 2, and we'll get to chapter 3 next week. He's confused, he's disturbed, he's upset. He feels betrayed, questioning and doubting. But even like some of us who have processed and are processing through, we get all of that. We, we hang that in its appropriate places. But then, just like Habakkuk, we can get, if we have not gotten there, he says this in Habakkuk 2.20, as we walk through this, he says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. But the Lord... It doesn't have anything to do with whether I get the promotion, whether I get married. As much as those desires are strong within us, I get. Or whatever else you want to fill in the blank. It is this, but the Lord is in his holy temple When things do not seem right, it takes a while to get to that place. Even for those of us who have been traveling with, with the Father a long time. Because new situations, new events emerge, and we have to find ourselves through the desires, through the feelings, to the bedrock bottom of who God is. But He is God maybe aching but in my heart I decide to choose God and God only because I know I know he will move on my behalf he will be my rock he will be there that in the waiting I believe that he's good even if my feelings tell me otherwise. Always. You remember Habakkuk's name? Do you remember Habakkuk's name? It means to contend and cling. Habakkuk's teaching us, uh, the Lord is teaching us by his spirit what is transpiring here, that we can wrestle with these big things. Like, God, you you can, but you aren't. Why? Wait, contend, and cling to him. I would do anything if it could be different. And God is saying, I know you would. I know you would. But But I am God. I know the best for you. I know the best for you. And this is where we, we say again, but God is in his holy temple. And we continue to contend and cling. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you would speak in a way that only you can. God, we want to hear even if what you say is not what we want to hear, God, speak to us. 
We're listening. We'll record it. We'll write it down. We'll document it. Whatever you say, we wait on your promises. We wait on your goodness. We wait on your faithfulness, God. We wait on you. For those of you who are waiting in this moment for something, for something that God knows intimately about, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand and be vulnerable that you're waiting for something God knows something about? Father, for my family members who are in the waiting, they're... They're, they're contending and they're clinging. Lord, would you, would you allow them in these moments to know the foundation of who you are? That beyond the desires, beyond uh, uh, the, the flesh, beyond all of these things that can muddle what we know about who you are, Father, pull them away so we may see you afresh and anew. Speak. Father, speak to my brothers and sisters through your word. Speak to the people in their community groups. Speak through the circumstances of our life. And as you do, Father, I, I trust. I trust that you'll document it. We thank you, just as Paul does, for the all-sufficient grace that even in the midst of the waiting you give, And because of that grace and mercy and love, we will worship you even before we see the miracle ever unfold. We will worship you. We will extol you before anything comes to pass because our faith is based on your character, on your nature, on your goodness. So God, even as some of us may be struggling to capture that that truth in these moments, Help us to see. We lift our hands. We lift our minds, our hearts, our whole beings to you because you are good and you have been good. Yet we wait. We believe you are good. Believe is is what God calls us to. To believe what we think is impossible, to believe what we think couldn't come to pass, to believe what only he can do. And one of the greatest gifts that God ever did was to restore a relationship with us so that we could believe and have hope that has substance Maybe some of you this morning have yet to say yes to Jesus. If that is the case, or you need to re-up with Jesus, if that's the case, you can pray this prayer on the screen. Pray it along with me. 
even in the midst of maybe saying, help my unbelief. Because Jesus says, come, follow me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me from my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you. In Jesus' name. Lord, as we wait, we wait and worship.